0: Focus on Headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, uh, joining us in the studio, we have our Friday reporters, uh, Kwon Soa and uh, Son Bo Gyeong. Guys, welcome back.
1: Hello, and what you guys I,
0: mentioned?
1: I, I almost gonna <laughs> what? reveal your birthday.
0: <laughs> I don't you know that's the thing you know one thing to know about me I, I don't like getting those like birthday cakes and the happy birthday singing really? and stuff yeah. like that <laughs> uh, you know weird fact about me is I don't like to be at the center of attention
1: oh maybe it's because you're an your MBTI is an I, right? An, I'm an I, oh, yeah, that's right. Really?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't seem like an I, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm an I. <laughs> uh, nevertheless, uh, let's start things off with some uh, security issues. Uh, we've actually got a lot to cover on that front, uh, especially here on the Korean Peninsula. First things first, uh, start things off with South Korea's decision uh, to impose unilateral sanctions against North Korea. It's been a while. Uh, since we've seen this and uh, these announced sanctions being put in place. So, let start us off, uh, fill us in on the latest uh, sanctions imposed by South Korea.
1: Sure, it indeed has been a while because it's the first time in almost five years that the South Korean government has imposed independent sanctions against the North on the back of Pyongyang's frequent missile provocations in recent days and weeks. 15 North Korean individuals and 16 institutions have been put on South Korea's blacklist. They were said to have contributed to North Korea's development of nuclear and missile programs or have assisted sanctions evasion. So that includes, for instance, shipping firm officials and entities that helped develop weapons of mass destruction, including the North's Rocket Industry Ministry, Marine Ministry, Crude Oil Industry, as well as Air Korea, the North's flagship carrier. Seoul's foreign ministry said the government strongly condemns North Korea for suggesting the use of tactical nuclear weapons against South Korea and also the recent staging of back-to-back missile provocations with unprecedented frequency.
0: All right, so um, obviously since, so far, we haven't seen this since uh, some quite time now, something like, what is it, five years and first time. So this is obviously seen as a significant step then.
1: Right, Uh, I mean, the last time Seoul slapped its own sanctions against the North was in December 2017, under the previous Moon Jae-in administration. I just quickly want to mention own sanctions or unilateral sanctions means when South Korea does not consult with other countries like the US or also with uh, organizations like the UN Security Council. So back then, South Korea had implemented sanctions against 20 organizations and 12 individuals. That was in a move against the North's launch of a Hwasong-15 intercontinental ballistic missile. Uh, so those subject to these sanctions, now this time, will be banned from making any financial or foreign exchange transactions with South Korea without prior permission by the South Korean government. If they do, they can be punished by law. Uh, but despite the amount of entities and people added to the list, it might seem like a harsh move if you haven't been following North Korean news. But uh, this recent move is actually more symbolic in nature because... There already was no transaction between the two Koreas due to earlier restrictions that banned trade with the North. So this is more a symbolic gesture. And also the targeted individuals and groups have already been sanctioned by either the UN or the US in separate measures. The gist, however, seems to be that the UN administration, as we know, it's now the first time, not only in five years, but under the new UN administration that such sanctions have been implemented. So uh, the UN administration has used... Its sanctions card at an earlier stage than some predicted because many have probably thought that South Korea would implement uh, new sanctions once North Korea tests its next nuclear test but it came uh, earlier than some have predicted so this is seen as a sign of uh, putting diplomatic pressure on North Korea so beyond military pressure
0: yeah definitely like you said so I mean it is this is more symbolic than anything but uh, you know if North Korea does end up take uh, testing their seventh nuclear test that is going to be met with, obviously, more U.S. sanctions that might even be met with some UNSC sanctions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, to be seen. Uh, a lot of people are saying that, well, China and Russia, they have no uh, choice but to kind of they won't be able to veto a UNSC sanction if North Korea does end up conducting their seventh nuclear test. So that that's what they're saying right now. But you're absolutely right. I mean, but this is big right now. I mean, we're seeing more and more moves from the South Korean government since we have been seeing so much of these provocations from the North. Uh, a lot happening overnight as well. Uh, North Korea firing uh, its uh, short-range ballistic missile, uh, flew some warplanes, uh, I'll also, fire some one hundred seventy artillery shots as well. Bougan uh, in on this,
2: sure. so, as you said, s j North Korea on Friday conducted several provocations simultaneously overnight. According to the Joint Chief of Staff, more than 10 uh, North Korean warplanes staged menacing flights close to the inter-Korean border late Thursday evening, early Friday morning, which was close enough for Seoul to respond with a show of force, deploying its F-35A stealth fighters. After that, North Korea fired a short-range ballistic missile, its SRBM, into the East Sea from the Sunan area in Pyongyang at 1.49 a.m. It's also said that the missile flew some 700 kilometers at a top speed of about Mach 6. The regime also fired another 130 artillery shots into the maritime buffer zones from Huanghe province between 1.20 to 1.25 a.m. And then North Korea again fired another 40 artillery shots into the East Sea between 2.57 3.07 a.m. The shots did not land in the territorial waters of South Korea. The buffer zones that I just mentioned were set by both Koreas when Kim Jong-un and President Moon Jae-in met in Pyongyang in 2018. Back then, both sides had agreed not to conduct rocket or artillery drills within the zone to help reduce military tensions. This is also when Korea's Comprehensive Military Agreement, or the CMA, was signed to reduce tensions. However, this time, the artillery shots landed in the eastern and western buffer zones north of the northern limit line, the de facto inter-Korean sea border. According to the South Korean Army, it's the third time for North Korea to violate the comprehensive agreement and the first time after two-and-a-half years. Also, it's the first time for North Korean warplanes to fly so close to the restricted zone since the CMA was adopted in September 2018. The North Korean People's Army said on Friday that it conducted its missile and rocket tests and air force maneuvers as a warning against South Korea's own provocative action. It said that the south korean military raised tensions by conducting artillery exercises near the border for 10 hours on thursday and according to the south korean military the artillery exercise that is accused by the north was conducted by the u.s forces korea at a firing range in toron some 71 kilometers northeast of seoul from 8 a.m through 6 p.m on thursday and this involved the mlrs the multiple launch rocket systems and the JCS also issued a statement criticizing the firing and the SRBM launch as a clear violation of the CMA and UN Security Council resolutions. JCS Chairman General Kim sin gum and General Paul La Camara, the commander of the South Korea-U.S. Combined Forces Command, reaffirmed their commitment to further strengthen the Allies' combined defense posture. North Korea seems to be intent on keeping tensions high on the Korean peninsula as it fired 24 ballistic missiles, three cruise missiles this year alone. Friday's missile firing is the 13th since President Yoon took office.
0: Yeah, obviously. I mean, this is, um, I mean, I've never seen so much tension on the Korean Peninsula. I mean, the last time, obviously, we felt something like this was when uh, North Korea conducted their sixth nuclear test. But even back then, uh, there wasn't this much uh, provocation. And note that one of the things that you want to kind of uh, take a note here is uh, in the past uh, week or so, when they're, you know, either when it comes to uh, some of these uh, ballistic missiles that they've been test firing, or these uh, you know what is it, uh, these artillery shells uh, shots that they're they're firing away. The timing of it right it's it's like 1 something 1 a.m. and what this does psychologically what this does for us here in South Korea when we're reading this they're going imagine what would happen if North Korea does end up preemptively striking mm. South Korea at that time that is gonna cause havoc most of the people I don't know maybe some people are not sleeping at that time but most people are sleeping at that time and it's really hard for everyone to kind of escape that area evacuate at that very time which is why it does seem like north korea at this time they're showing listen we're capable of uh attacking at any time and they've also been showing that they they're able to attack at any any location they've, they've even tested that uh recent one at a, at a reservoir right of all mm-hmm. the all places so that they're uh they're really trying to throw off uh both uh, south korea and the united states right now which is obviously very very concerning here uh with all this uh president yoon suk had some comments regarding the september 19th agreement uh, so uh, tell us what he said
1: Right. President Yoon this Friday said North Korea has breached the comprehensive military agreement made in 2018. He said, uh, quote, we're looking into everything one by one, but it's correct that it's a violation of the September 19th accord. On his way to the presidential office, he also vowed for the utmost, uh, saying South Korea is building a readiness posture against the North's threats without leaving gaps. And uh, later in the day, the presidential office made another remark in regards to the September 19th agreement, as there are speculations uh, that Seoul maybe would consider scrapping this deal. An official said the South Korean government respects the agreements um, reached until now between the two Koreas, and Seoul thinks Pyongyang should also respect these deals. But as it was the North Korean side that violated the September 19th military agreement, it will depend on North Korea's attitude when it comes to whether the deal will be kept or annulled. That's what the official said. And there have been growing calls within the ruling People Power Party to scrap the agreement as the North's provocations have been intensifying in recent weeks and months. Uh, and also, meanwhile, the National Security Council, which briefed President Yoon on the latest provocations at an emergency meeting Friday, strongly condemned the Norse military actions, warning of consequences. Uh, The NSC mentioned the North's recent ballistic missiles constitute clear violations of UN Security Council resolutions and in particular strongly denounced the raising of tensions by firing artillery within the maritime buffer zone.
0: Yeah, I think uh, this is a uh, a very good reason as to why the United States again refuses uh, to show sanctions relief first because Mm -hmm. when you're looking at uh, North Korea uh, having agreed in this, uh, agreed to this September 19th, Agreement. Uh, I mean, some people might be saying, well, it was more symbolic than anything. Uh, But when it's again, I mean, the facts are there. I mean, it's North Korea who's been breaking these agreements. And uh, I mean, I think the People Power Party, uh, they do have a good argument in that what's the point of having this if they're going to be continuously breaking it? Uh, And in, in the U.S. seeing this going... Man, you know, South Korea, I mean, South Korea and North Korea, they had this agreement in place and it looked like everything was good. And the North Korea is just going to be, uh, you know, going back to the ways that things were before the agreement was reached. Or well, we can give them sanctions relief because if we give them sanctions relief, then who knows? They might just continue to, uh, you know, operate and uh, develop nuclear weapons. And so uh, this is uh, the trust issue. This, this is a big thing. And again, mm. uh, even with South Korea and North Korea, the trust is it's it's no longer there right now uh in the meantime south korea's ministry of defense uh, sending a warning message to north korea uh is there any response from the north i mean north korea kind of never really responds to any of these uh, Pulgong tell us more about this
2: right so south korea's ministry of defense sent a message to pyongyang criticizing friday's provocations in a meeting with the reporters a defense ministry official said Quote, we sent the message to point out that artillery firings in western and eastern maritime buffer zones constitute a violation of the September 19 military agreement and to urge the North to abide by it and prevent a recurrence, unquote. However, it is not known yet how the North responded to the message. Yeah,
0: again, same thing over... There's some things about North Korea, uh, sometimes it can be very unpredictable, but some of the things that you know, it's very predictable as well with North Korea, and they're probably not going to respond to this, and we've already seen uh, from uh, either Kim Jong-un or Kim Yo-jong saying that, you know, they refuse to uh, hold any kind of dialogue, and that's probably part of it, they're not going to respond to any of these messages. Uh, that are coming in right now Uh, and uh, the lack of dialogue has been something that's been very unfortunate over the past several years now. Uh, In the meantime, uh, man, this might cause more provocations. Uh, South Korea and its partners uh, having a number of trainings and meetings uh, coming up this month and this is of course related to uh, all the tension on the Korean peninsula. So tell us more about this. Sure,
1: but it's, I mean, it might cause more tensions, but it's nothing really unusual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, According to the Joint Chiefs of Staff this Friday, a so called patriotic training will be conducted from the 17th until the 28th this month. Uh, This is an annual outdoor maneuver training conducted in the second half of the year. It focuses on maintaining military preparedness and the ability to carry out joint operations. The JCS emphasized the training will improve interoperability by mastering the capabilities of all-time missions and is also going to involve some U.S. forces by conducting practical military maneuvers uh, to train against North Korea's uh, potential missile and nuclear threats. So this is one, and uh, then uh, there's also going to be a meeting between South Korea, the U.S., and Japan, and this is expected to be happening on the 20th this month. Uh, and the news uh, came out yesterday. Now, that's, those are top military officials from these three countries that are going to meet for a trilateral chief of defense meeting. Uh, it's also known as TriChat. Uh, And yes, so probably North Korea's recent military threats are going to be the hot topic at that meeting as well. And this one, I believe, is expected to be held in the U.S. because it usually is held in the U.S. or South Korea. They take turns in it. Hmm. The last time they met was in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, let me just quickly check in where the meeting is going to be held. But yes, we're having these uh, tri-chop meetings coming up as well.
0: Yeah, again, guys, I don't know if I mean, you guys have lived in. Korea for forever, uh, for a really long time. Uh, And uh, we've always had living in Korea. Uh, There's been always tensions on the Korean Peninsula. I mean, we had that brief moment of time after the 2018 Pyeongchang Winter Games that we saw uh, some peace on the Korean Peninsula. And we had at one point thought that maybe the peace was going to be achieved uh, between the two Koreas. But I mean, this is probably uh, in in the 13 years that I've lived here, uh, I've never been concerned about any kind of you know, another war or anything like that, but uh, even the people living in Korea, you know, we're kind of like desensitized. Every time there's like provocations from North Korea, they're test firing. Even when they test fire nuclear weapons, we're just like, eh, North Korea being North Korea. Uh, But I think there are even Koreans right now now that, that are very concerned uh, with the situation at this time. Uh, but uh, with all this, uh, let's also get the response from the. Uh, so, what, you got something? Yeah,
1: just quickly. Yes, the meeting is going to be held in the US. All
0: right, there you <laughs> go. Thank you very much for that. Speaking of the United States, let's get some response from the US, but also from Japan. Uh, after last night's provocations. Uh Pulgong, you have more on this.
2: Right. So, first of all, the United States condemned North Korea's ballistic missile launch that took place early Friday morning, calling it a violation of multiple UN Security Council resolutions. And the US Indo-Pacific Command, which is in charge of the US Army in South Korea, said in a statement that the latest North Korean missile launch did not pose any immediate threat to the U.S. or its allies and that the U.S. commitments to the defense of the Republic of Korea and Japan remain ironclad. The State Department spokesperson said that the U.S. continues to seek serious and sustained dialogue with the North, but that the DPRK refuses to engage. The statement made by the State Department and the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command weren't much different from the ones that were made whenever North Korea fired a ballistic missile. Both the State Department and the Indo-Pacific Command didn't make any specific comments about North Korean warplanes flying so close to the tactical action line. And as for japan japanese defense minister hamada said that the ballistic missile flew about 650 kilometers at an altitude of 50 kilometers landing into outside japan's exclusive economic zone hamada also added that the missile possibly flew on 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 an irregular trajectory there were no immediate reports of damage to japanese aircraft or ships And there was also some response from the Chinese side as well, saying that both parties, meaning South Korea and North Korea, should stop raising tensions on the Korean Peninsula.
0: Yeah, um, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, there was, I remember at one point uh, we were kind of saying that uh, the United States, actually there was a point in time with the United States and China, they had some agreement in place, well not an agreement, Uh, they agreed that they should talk when it comes to trying to denuclearize North Korea. Uh, I think at this time, the only country that you know North Korea is probably going to be listening to at this time is China, uh, and you know you can see from uh, a lot of experts saying that the North Korea is not going to be testing their nuclear weapons uh, until maybe after. Uh, this Sunday on October 16th because of the the major event that's happening over in China uh, and so they you know they always take China into consideration uh, the US has been going listen please China get involved with this uh, you know talk to North Korea here uh, you know during the previous uh, moon administration there's been a lot of talks with China uh, when it comes to trying to get China to talk to North Korea we haven't been really seeing any of that uh, happening uh, speaking of which uh, that uh, major party Congress that we're talking about uh, over in China China. Uh, what do we expect from uh, the, the Chinese uh, President Xi Jinping there so uh, well?
1: Well, The biggest we're expecting is that President Xi Jinping will be probably reappointed for a third term. And uh, let me give you just a slight background on this uh, major congress. It's China's ruling Communist Party's Congress, the 20th Congress. It's going to take place on the 16th of October. It's a a twice-a-decade meeting. Uh, And it involves speeches, reshuffling of major positions, as well as secret meetings. So it's a really big uh, thing for China. And uh, yes, most of the uh, schedules of the events are actually almost uh, taking place behind closed doors. Uh, And uh, what experts are expecting is that there will be a lot of focus Mm. on security issues and especially with China having its arguments with the U.S. and also the Taiwan issue. So it's instead of being a focus on development, this time security is going to be the key issue at this meeting, is what experts are expecting. And we know that China has had a really difficult time during the pandemic, but still it looks like rather than economy, there's going to be more policies discussed on the security issues because of the geopolitical, Uh, situations evolving around China and uh, also other countries.
0: Man, I have to say uh, that's kind of concerning because, uh, so like you said, I mean, China right now, economically, uh, they're not faring very well. Uh, I mean, partly because of their zero COVID policy, which I think, you know, they're still kind of at, at this time. Uh, and there's been this slow economic growth in China has been really slowing down. So you would assume that Xi Jinping, thinking about the the people of China, that he will focus more on the economy. But when you're saying that he's going to focus more on security, there, there's obviously something really, really bad happening uh, in this area right now. Which is why, like I said, uh, I, I don't know if you guys are very concerned with this situation. I, you know, I, I know when we talk about all these uh, ballistic missile provocations from North, we're just like, I mean. Kind of happens all the time, but I um, mean, are, are you guys concerned though, be Like, is this like the the most concerned that you guys have ever been with the with the current situation?
1: Are you talking about the Korean Peninsula? Yeah, on right the Korean now? Peninsula. Actually, no, not really. Right really? Now. Maybe it's because. Uh, I used to be at uh, the foreign ministry and also the unification ministry as a reporter around 2016, 2017. And that's when it was was really bad. That's when North Korea has been conducting all of its nuclear tests. And that's when the UN Security Council really was harsh on North Korea with all of the sanctions. And that's when the world was... Uh, actually really focused on North Korea on the international stage, for instance, at uh, UN Security Council meetings. So right now, I'm really more concerned about the situation in Europe, I mean, uh, the Ukraine, mm, and mm. maybe even also about China and whether it's going to be, you know, discussing how to upgrade its military rather than, as we said, um, its domestic economy, for instance. So the Korean Peninsula, I don't know, I think it just seems like a repetition.
0: Yeah, but the, you know, the. Thing thing with like China kind of again. I mean, everything is kind of linked together. I know you said mm. you're concerned with Europe, uh, but that's going to be somehow linked to Korea. Right, if right. China ramping up their military, that if that if that's if they were saying if and we're hoping this doesn't happen. If if China ends up invading Taiwan, that's gonna you know indirectly affect South Korea a lot. Mm. Uh, and so you know that that's the other thing that I'm concerned. So like if Ch- China is really involved with security uh, and military right now, like if, do they have something up their sleeve? But I mean, Poggyong, you you lived in uh, Korea longer than both of us, I guess maybe
2: not <laughs> oh yeah, yeah actually you know what you lived over the you, I lived a all over <laughs> are you
0: concerned with the situation is what I'm no, curious I'm about no I'm not concerned really? um,
2: is it just me no, I, I'm not concerned but I do think that it's time to accept that the world needs to accept that North Korea has nuclear weapons yeah. and that North Korea will not change and we should no longer just talk about denuclearizing North Korea yeah, because that's yeah. never going to happen <laughs> Absolutely. so the stance and the strategy I think has to be changed and now just you know dealing in this this way, making statements after every uh, test firing, I think it's not effective at all. And so, the world really needs to know that we need some realistic policies in place to contain North Korea.
0: And that was the thing that I said yesterday: realistic policies. Because all we're getting us also from the United States is like uh, we're willing to hold dialogue with North Korea without any preconditions. Yeah, what does that mean? Uh, they they start to uh, unveil their uh, strategy. Uh, Biden said, uh, "What is it? The, the defense strategy? I think it was what it, what it was." And then they said, uh, "You know, they're going to deal with uh, North Korea. We're going to go try to achieve uh, the denuclearization of North Korea." But how? How is it? How is the big question here? All right, uh, let's move on to some uh, issues when it comes to uh, domestic economy. Uh, The government assessing that the economic growth has been slowing down for five consecutive months. Uh, Bogyoung, what's behind this diagnosis?
2: Right, so probably by now, many of our listeners know that the Ministry of Economy and Finance publishes the Green Book, which is about the latest economic trend every month. Mm. And the October edition, the South Korean government diagnosed for five straight months, that the economy is slowing down. The major factors behind such outlook were global rate hikes and the protracted war between Ukraine and Russia, which increased volatility in the global financial market. According to this Green Book, domestic demand has been improving gradually, following the recovery in employment and the face-to-face service industry. However, continued inflation and slowdown in exports were the other concerns. So when we look at the numbers, South Korea's exports increased only 2.8 percent while suffering a trade deficit for the sixth consecutive month due to high global energy prices. Following the trade deficits, South Korea's current account shortfall came to 3.05 billion U.S. dollars in August, which is a sharp turnaround from a surplus of a revised 790 million U.S. dollars recorded a month earlier. The government, however, said the current account might improve in September, considering this narrowing trade deficit. So overall production also decreased in August. For instance, production of semiconductors, chemical products, and electronic parts also reduced uh, respectively. And in the meanwhile, employment increased by 707,000 compared to the previous year. So employment has been expanding for 19 consecutive months, which is a positive thing. And consumer price index was up 5.6%. And this upward trend has been slightly alleviated for two consecutive months. But the inflation rate recorded more than 5% for five straight months.
0: Uh, we're going to take a closer look at the uh, the employment figures. Uh, this is obviously always a big thing. Uh, there's been fears over uh, stagflation. Uh, South Korea's growth again in the job market is slowing for the fourth straight month in September uh, so uh, let's get, uh, I guess, more in details in regards to this.
1: Sure. So according to figures by Statistics Korea released this Friday, a little under 28.39 million was the number of employed people in the country last month. That's 707,000 more than uh, in September last year, as Poo Young mentioned earlier, uh, marking the largest on-year growth for uh, September in 23 years. For the 19th consecutive month, Korea is adding jobs which might sound like a positive development, but the growth has actually slowed for the fourth straight month. Uh, in May, we had some 935,000 jobs added. Then the number dropped in June to around 841,000. The next month, around 826,000. And then in August, 807,000. Now, back in January and February, we had around a million added. Then we had a decline in March, a recovery in April and May. And then from then on, it's been going downwards. So the finance ministry said the monthly job figures are stable, but the growth has slowed as the nation's economy is Losing steam. An official at Statistics Korea said it's hard to predict until when this trend will continue as there are so many uncertainties. Employment figures last month were very different by age group, though. Seniors aged 60 and above made up 451,000 of new jobs. So that's almost 64% of yeah. the number I mentioned before. Uh, there has also been a rise for those under 20 in their 30s and 50s, but there's been a decline of some 17,000 jobs for people in their 40s. Uh, and the unemployment rate in September was at 2.4%. That's actually a drop by 0.3 percentage point on year, and it's also the lowest for any September since 1999. But there is again a bot here for those aged between 15 and 29 the jobless rate rose 0.7 percentage points to 6.1 percent so you can really see overall, it looks like the job market in korea is looking okay but then there are certain age groups that are having difficulties as i said those in their 40s for instance and then here the youth also the unemployment rate itself is high in that group So jobs, uh, meanwhile, that generated last month's employments were mainly from the manufacturing, healthcare, welfare, hospitality sectors. And sectors that did not do so well in terms of adding jobs were the retail and financial sectors.
0: Yeah. uh, So, I mean, the the 40s is like uh, the the concerning uh, age range, because if you think about it, I mean, they might be married and they have kids and they can't can't find their jobs. Uh, But the interesting thing with seniors age 60 and above uh, getting all these jobs, they're saying that there's just like a lot of these part-time jobs.
1: Right. We also have Uh, to look at the quality of the jobs, actually, not just the figures. Yeah.
0: So when we say seniors age 60 and above or, you know, finding jobs, it's not like they have you know, finding full-time jobs at some corporation or anything like that. They're finding, you know, these smaller jobs, which also kind of gives you a look at the financial situation, part-time jobs uh, and, and things like that. But uh, yeah, obviously, I, I, it, I mixed feelings when it mm. comes to this. Uh, let's see, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got to talk about this. Uh, tomorrow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> BTS.
0: We <laughs> want to round things out with BTS. Uh, yeah, I guess this is big news. Uh, BTS concert. This is the free. Is this the free concert? It's a free, free concert. Yeah, that's, that's why it was so yeah. crazy, right? The free concert, BTS, because as you know, uh, So well so- so- uh, who's probably going to be the the, the face of Busan in some years later on. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. She's always down in Busan. She might she might be doing the World Expo twenty thirty pitch. Wow. I, I, that's that's what I'm thinking right now. But yeah. uh, it's not so. But BTS uh, <laughs> the concert's gonna be held in Busan tomorrow. There's been a lot of talks about this. Uh, Poggyang, well, like what's the progress right now? Is everything ready? Because there's been some concerns about security and like traffic and all that stuff. I know they're making some changes here and there.
2: Right, so a massive live concert will be held tomorrow by BTS to support Busan's bid to host the 2030 World Expo. And according to the Busan Metropolitan City, this free concert titled BTS Yet to Come in Busan will take place at the Busan ASEAN Main Stadium. It's a free concert, and it's expected that 20,000 BTS fans, 30,000 from the general public, so in total, 52,000 will be seeing the concert from the main stadium. The concert can also be watched through a large screen that is installed at the Haeundae Beach, an outdoor parking lot of the Busan Port International Terminal. Most of the installations are done. And tickets had to be reserved to watch the concert from the stadium and the Busan Port Terminal. But on the beach, anyone is welcome without a ticket. Busan Metropolitan City says that the city is ready to accommodate travelers and fans, as the city has around 80,000 accommodations ready, which is more than the number of the audience. The police is also getting ready to beef up security and to control traffic, so the police department deployed 231 policemen and 8 squadrons also the fire department and public officials they will be around two thousand and seven hundred people controlling safety and security at the site and there will be also emergency centers so that people who have the need will be able to get some treatment over there and there will be about 80 28 spots emergency uh, treatment spots and also around this stadium there will be uh, firefighters around 233 uh, firefighters as well and also the number of ktx tickets or or rides will also increase on that day Mm -hmm. so that uh, more people can go to busan and come back from busan you know yeah you're talking so much about the security which is really good
1: but you know how bts fans are really well known for behaving well at concerts
2: (laughs) so and one more thing already busan looks very purple Oh, I can imagine. Yes. And I know someone at Arirang, a producer, who also got
1: a ticket for, ah, his, for that concert. Wow. <laughs> you know, you
0: know the, the funniest thing I heard about this particular concert is, I don't know if you guys know, but there's a lot of weddings happening tomorrow. Uh, October fifteenth is apparently uh, maybe like it's a, a, good day. a good day to have. I, ha- I have like two weddings. I'm only I'm only gonna go to one because it's time com- there's some time conflict. Mm. But someone wrote on the internet said I got tickets to BTS, but have to get married on the fifteenth. Uh, can <laughs> can can anyone get married for me instead? <laughs> instead of who wants this ticket instead? Can you get can I, can someone get married for me instead? <laughs> so it's obviously getting very big. Uh, Sabrina Z says uh, my friend's friend got the ticket, but her korea eta was denied it was uh it was it's like a visa thing or something like that but uh mm-hmm. anyways hope uh, hopefully everything goes well with this concert and again it's just a push for the uh, the world expo in busan uh for 2030 and I'm sure, I'm sure we might talk about this maybe on monday uh nevertheless guys thank you very much for coming in today with your reports please stay safe have a great weekend we'll see you guys again next week
1: have, have a good weekend, weekend.